Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another exciting episode of the Intellectual Conversations podcast brought to you by the Intellect Group. My name is Josh, and I am joined on this, our ninth episode, for the ninth time in a row, by the Director of Operations, an international sensation, and a man who is desperately in need of a vacation, JT. How are you doing today, JT? Hey, Josh. Good to see you. It's been a minute. It has been uh, more than a couple of minutes since we've last <laughs> done this, but I am excited to be here recording with you tonight. Uh, we are about to head into the Memorial Day weekend. I don't know, day, weekend. You know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah weekend, holiday, holiday. It, Remembrance Day. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. so let's just talk a little bit about Memorial Day. Uh, I have something to read from the Department of Veterans Affairs about the origins of Memorial Day. But before we get into that, I kind of just wanted to get your take on what Memorial Day means to you. Right. My family, is, um, you know, like the last couple of generations, is um, full of uh, veterans. Uh, for the most part, I we didn't lose any one of those in battle. I had a, a cousin uh, who went, was in Vietnam and then had, uh, you know, some issues like most people do after war. And uh, my all my uncles were in the service. My, my uncle, jeez, uh, he's getting everybody mixed up here. My uncle Tommy was in the Navy and it was all around the time. Uh, my father's, my father was like the youngest of, I don't know, nine. And so his older brother served with Patton, um, you know, over in Sicily uh, in World War II. And then, you know, this keep going up the chain until it's my, uh, his two older brothers were in the Navy in Korea. And my dad was sort of in between Korea and Vietnam serving. Um, uh, so those three guys were in the Navy. And uh, I think I told you the story before, but my dad was wanting me to get out of the house because I apparently didn't show up to, to college. And the Navy recruiter called me and uh, I said, oh man, I'm sorry, man, I can't swim. Is that's okay? We'll teach you. And I said, no, nah, man, I'm I'm too I'm too scared of the water. So the next day, the Air Force recruiter called me. So, yeah, the fix was in, but um, I haven't done a good job of, of you know remembering the the people that I just talked about. Um, I've been meaning to you know how to get caught up in the rat race. Uh, we've got a great uh, military uh, cemetery that's right near here. The wife and I are going to go over there. Um, the first time we've been here, as a matter of fact, we're going to go over there, uh, for, for on the remembrance day. And so for me, uh, I think that a lot of people who have served re somewhat recently, um, during the global war on terror era, we have, many of us have unfortunately known too many people who have passed away. Uh, for myself on Memorial Day, there's two people who I like to memorialize, um, two people who are near and dear to my heart, sort of, and I'll say that as sort of. Uh, like you, I've had a lot of family members who have served, but everybody has made it out uh, alive. But one of the people that I remember is somebody I have never actually met, which probably seems a little bit strange. But uh, Captain Michael Van Sickle was a U.S. Marine Corps pilot. He is an AV-8B pilot who died in Kuwait during a training mission in 1992. Now, my connection to uh, Captain Van Sickle is I ended up marrying his niece 
So uh, nice. my father-in-law, this was his his brother. And I hear the way that my father-in-law speaks of his brother. Right. And I see the impact that he had on his life. And so in a situation like that, you know, it's important for me to take the proactive steps in honor of his brother to show respect and love towards my father-in-law. Uh, and That's then sweet, man. Yeah, and then I mean, the, I mean that in a good way when I say sweet. Don't get me. Oh, no, no, I appreciate yeah. that. Uh, and then the second one was uh, uh, First Lieutenant Rosalind Schulte, uh, U.S. Air mm -hmm. Force, who was a friend and a wonderful co-worker of mine who was unfortunately uh, killed by a roadside bomb in Afghanistan uh, to, in 2009. And, you know, a young intelligence officer had the whole world in front of her went out there to serve her country and unfortunately never made it home. You were um, with her in the pace, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. In Hawaii at the DGS. Uh, I mean, I was in headquarters, but, but you know, I didn't really, uh, I think maybe she, I saw her a couple of times, but you see lieutenants all the time, right? Sure. Absolutely. So within the DGS infrastructure. So I was working as an imagery mission supervisor and she was my mission operations nice. commander. So our desks were literally side by side. Uh, so that one, that one stung when I found out that, that she was gone and, yeah. you know, it doesn't necessarily sting the same way today as it did when it occurred, yep. but on days like Memorial day, when we take the time to remember, uh, those who are gone, it brings a lot of those feelings back, brings a lot of those good memories back. It's tough though. Man. It is. It is. I try uh, not to remember that stuff. Oh, so if it's all right, what I was going to do now is I was going to read a little bit from the Department of Veterans Affairs. Uh, they have a page up on the origins of Memorial Day. So I was going to read from that. Should be pretty quick. So it says, three years after the Civil War ended, on May 5th, 1868, the head of an organization of Union veterans, the Grand Army of the Republic, established Decoration Day as a time for the nation to decorate the graves of the war dead with flowers. Major General John A. Logan declared it should be May 30th. It is believed the date was chosen because flowers would be in bloom all over the country. The first large observance was held that year at Arlington National Cemetery across the Potomac River from Washington, D.C. The ceremony centered around the morning draped veranda of the Arlington Mansion, once the home of General Robert E. Lee. Various Washington officials, including General and Mrs. Ulysses S. Grant, presided over the ceremonies. After speeches, children from the Soldiers and Sailors Orphan Home and members of the Grand Army of the Republic made their way through the cemetery, strewing flowers on both Union and Confederate graves, reciting prayers and singing hymns. Local springtime tributes to the Civil War dead already had been held in various places. One of the first occurred in Columbus, Mississippi, April 25th, 1866, when a group of women visited a cemetery to decorate the graves of Confederate soldiers who had fallen in the battle at Shiloh. Nearby were the graves of Union soldiers, neglected because they were the enemy. Disturbed at the sight of the bare graves, the women placed some of their flowers on those graves as well. Today, cities in the North and South claim to be the birthplace of Memorial Day in 1866. Both Macon and Columbus, Georgia, claim the title, as well as Richmond, Virginia. Wow. The village of Bullsburg, Pennsylvania, claims it began there two years earlier. 
A stone in a Carbondale, Illinois cemetery carries the statement that the first Decoration Day ceremony took place there on April 29th, 1866. Carbondale was the wartime home of General Logan. Approximately 25 places have been named in connection with the origin of Memorial Day, many of them in the South, where most of the war dead were buried. In 1966, Congress and President Lyndon Johnson declared Waterloo, New York, the birthplace of Memorial Day. There, a ceremony on May 5, 1866, honored local veterans who had fought in the Civil War. Businesses closed and residents flew flags at half-staff. Supporters of Waterloo's claim say earlier observances in other places were either informal, not community-wide, or one-time events. By the end of the 19th century, Memorial Day ceremonies were being held on May 30th throughout the nation. State legislatures passed proclamations designating the day, and the Army and Navy adopted regulations for proper observance at their facilities. It was not until after World War I, however, that the day was expanded to honor those who have died in all American wars. In 1971, Memorial Day was declared a national holiday by an act of Congress, though it is still often called Decoration Day. It was then also placed on the last Monday in May, as were some other federal holidays. All right, so that's just a little bit about the origins of Memorial Day. Uh, the VA page actually has a little bit more information on it, but I didn't want to take up too much time of the podcast to go through all of that. Why Waterloo? I don't know. I, mean, I don't know the significance of Waterloo, New York. I, I have a couple of people that I've been stationed with before that probably shame me into it. You should know that. I had a degree in history or something. I don't know. <laughs> and I don't remember that. No, um, but it is interesting seeing how it has changed uh, over time. And I'm glad that we still have a have a day to recognize uh, the sacrifice of service members dating from the beginning of the time of our country up until modern day conflict. I guess I, while you were talking about uh, Schulte, I was thinking um, about my uncle Robert. He's really the person that I knew the best that um, I try to remember because I don't like I said, I don't, I don't like to remember my, my service and the people that that um, died when I was uh, serving with them. But um, my uncle Robert, though, he was kind of like a hero. He was a twenty-year uh, chief uh, on a aircraft carrier, and it was just really cool. I have like his cufflinks, uh, Navy cufflinks after he died. So yeah, maybe that's what I'll do on <clears throat> on uh, Remembrance Day as well. I'll. Uh, Think about Robert. Put something down for him. Yeah, all right. Man, you make you're just growing me, Josh. Oh wow. Every every moment I'm friends with you, I just get a little bit a little bit bigger. Yeah. Is this like uh what movie was that where it's like you complete me? <laughs> um Tom oh, Cruise, <laughs> whatever it was. Was that Jerry Maguire? That's it, yeah, Jerry Maguire. <laughs> all right, well. Well, we won't go well, that I, far. I'm Jerry Maguire. I can, I can live with that. That means I'm Renee Zellweger. No, you're Cuba Gooding Jr. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I think the you complete me line was was not involving Cuba oh, Gooding Jr. Maybe it's showing the money. I don't know. That was, yes. Yes. That wouldn't was... you rather be a professional football player with that kind of money? Well, you know, if I had just been faster, stronger, taller, 
more athletic. It could have, I could have been a professional football player, but since I lacked the skill and the discipline to do such thing, Hey, I ended up here. This is the kind of banter that people are coming to this podcast for. Absolutely. Absolutely. But since we're talking about ending up here, let's talk about some of the stuff that's going on here. I want to just give a quick couple shout outs. Uh, first off for some birthdays that are happening uh, during this month. I want to say happy birthday to Chad, Jason, James, and Lori. Happy birthday. We have some new employees. We have Brandon, who is a SIGINT and ELINT analyst at Shaw Air Force Base. And we have Maurice, who is the DRSN site lead out at beautiful Hickam Air Force Base, Hawaii. So to both of you, welcome to the team. And I want to give a shout out to some work anniversaries. We have work anniversaries for Mark, who is celebrating two years. The other Mark, who is celebrating seven years. Daniel <laughs> celebrating one year. Justin celebrating one year. Tito celebrating two years. Andrew celebrating one year. And Jeremy celebrating two years. So to all of you, happy anniversary! <laughs> We've got a, a quite a few uh, new ads that um, didn't get that information to you. But um, one one of import is Laura Jordan. She joined us. Uh, she joined the support staff as a proposal manager. Oh, excellent! I'm happy to have her on board. You'll you'll meet her very soon. All right. Well, I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> uh, you love it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So since we're talking about new employees, uh, JT, I just kind of want to turn the floor over to you. Uh, you are the man in the know. You. Can you talk to us about what kind of vacancies we have right now? What are the highest priorities that we're looking to fill and what kind of pot, you know, what kind of pocket change is that going to get if we get some referrals in for folks? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for bringing it up. Um, Shaw Air Force Base, we've had a lot of growth there in the last six months. And at the same time, we've had a lot of turnover. So what it's led to is uh, just more and more people coming on and um, hopefully it'll lead to more re referral bonuses right now. Uh, we're offering $5,000 to three of the four positions. One's temporary, so um, we'll, maybe we can work something out there. But the three permanent positions, uh, we're giving out $5,000 to any in-select employee that refers someone who gets hired. Um, and uh, I would love to give you that money. <laughs> I really would. That means that we've built somebody uh, qualified and we're kicking butt on the mission. Um, so we got to get those those filled pretty quickly because hopefully we've got a couple uh, wins coming in in the next two or three months to where we'll be bringing on more people and kind of want to get those out of the way so I can have more room for our talent acquisition staff to get after those those wins. So um, yeah, got to get them out. So I also put us a, a signing bonus on um, those positions. So. Um, Get the word out. I got it on LinkedIn. Um, there's one I just did just a slide and I uh, boosted it, you know, uh, so it should get legs starting tomorrow. But yeah, we're giving out um, some pretty decent cash for people to sign on with us. So uh, I can't I can't have those open anymore. So we got to we got to get busy. No, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And People can always go and check out the Intellect Group website to see where the openings are, as well as checking the weekly newsletter that's sent out. It should have a, a set of listings in there as well. So if you're listening and you like a little bit of extra coin in your pocket, refer a friend in, 
doesn't even have to be a friend. Just make sure it's somebody who's going to be a quality <laughs> addition right. and get yourself paid. I mean, I think pretty um, much everyone looks a little bit of extra money. I really appreciate the people that go to LinkedIn and repost our ads and, and uh, you know, basically engage. Every time you guys engage, it helps spread the word and gets our, I'd say, footprint out there more. And that's something that we're slowly but surely working on. Uh, by the end of the year, I think we're going to be pretty decent at it. But uh, yeah, hope some folks get paid here real soon. All right. So the Intellect Group is a championship level team, you know, team. <laughs> and the NBA championships, well, the NBA playoffs right now are going on and we're quickly approaching the NBA championships. So while we are talking about NBA, I want to know, who do you think are the top three NBA players of all time? And what is your order? Um, okay. Uh, number one all time is um, Bill Russell. Now I say Bill Russell simply because of the championships and um, probably the, one of the most dominating players um, ever was Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell um, held his own against him. Uh, I was going to say Michael Jordan like I normally do because, you know, I, I was sort of in my prime when MJ was winning those six titles and the wife and I really loved watching it and you know, jumping on the bandwagon, basically. And uh, uh, just amazing. The will to win. Um, you can talk stats all you want. It doesn't, I, it, it just doesn't matter. I mean, uh, because first of all, he dominates everybody in stats, but, uh, um, yeah, but Bill Russell, just the championships, 11 championships, it's ridiculous. Um, but it's a different era. So I think it's really hard to compare those eras. Um, so that's why I normally say MJ, but I just saw a documentary on, on Russell on, I think in Netflix, it talked about how he was. Um, a civil rights activist at that time. I mean, whew, a lot easier to do it now uh, than it would be back then. So um, I guess I'm a little biased towards him now that you know, you know he was a pretty amazing human being. And then the third one, you know, this is more sentiment than anything. Larry Bird, you know, he's obviously a top 50 all-time player, but Larry Bird was always – you might find this amusing. I was always bird at the park. <laughs> they would say, let me get bird. And then when I get picked or Mikhail, <laughs> I got called Mikhail. Um, and, uh, you know, it was a public park. And uh, so uh, I had such fun back then, but yeah, I mean, obviously I was like the one white guy. And I, so that's why I was bird or Mikhail, but yeah, bird, I, I love the Celtics back in the day. I still try to watch them as they implode in the finals, but um, or in the Eastern Conference finals. Uh, but uh, that's it. I'm ready to talk about it more if you like. But give me your sorry. Oh, three. my sorry list. I'm going to start at number three, and I'm going to work my way forward. It builds okay. suspense that way. <laughs> so number three, I am going with with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh. Dude yeah. won six regular season MVPs, mm -hmm. had 19 all-star appearances, 10 all-NBA first team, 
and he won six championships and he was the all-time leading scorer in the NBA. His record has since been broken. On top of that, he had three college championships that he won. Uh, and I know we said NBA players, so I'm not including that, but the dude was a winner through and through. To me, the the three college championships while he was at UCLA, that's almost more impressive than the NBA championships because the field is so much wider. Dude, it's John Wooden in UCLA. It was complete domination for for how long? Okay, now if we want to talk about coaches, and that's fine, yes. <laughs> and Wooden was an amazing coach. Oh, yeah. Phil Jackson. Okay. Pretty amazing. And this is something that people will not talk about when we talk about Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Is Phil Jack Michael Jordan won zero NBA championships without Phil Jackson. Kobe Bryant won zero NBA championships without Phil Jackson. Now, I'm not saying that Phil Jackson was directly responsible, but excellent coaching makes a difference. Yeah, he just let him do whatever he wanted. So, yeah, that was excellent coaching. <laughs> you th- okay, if that was the case, then why did neither of those guys win a championship when Phil Jackson wasn't there? Oh, there's no question that Phil Jackson's a better coach than Doug Collins. <laughs> it's not even close. So, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, a perfect storm. The right players, the right coach, the right, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Texas uh, offense. I mean, yeah. The I, And with, even with uh, Russell Red Auerbach, I mean, no. dominated back then. So, yeah, points well taken. So my number two player of all time, and this is probably going to make a lot of people not agree with me is Michael Jordan six NBA championships uh 10 time first team all NBA 14 time all-star scoring champion 10 times uh I mean just in a you know an amazing career and as you mentioned being one of the ultimate competitors that the game of basketball has ever seen how many times was he defensive player of the year uh let me look that up and see if i can find that one time he was the defensive player of the year uh but it looks like he was on the uh defensive first team for the nba five times which is an amazing feat i mean a fantastic player i will take nothing away from him um aside from you know what i already said about about phil jackson uh But when I think about all-time greatness, and this may be a bit of recency, but LeBron James is my number one player. Probably a very unpopular take. Only because it's wrong. Okay, let's talk about this openly. Who leads the NBA all-time in points scored? Yeah, he's he's been around than anybody else. Has he? Except for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> okay, that's that, that's fine. That's fine. So is longevity a part of greatness or is it not? No, I just think that stats, I think stats are, um, that one doesn't impress me as much as things like being on the all-defensive team, although at times he's been a great defender. Um, okay. Yeah, I think it's just recency bias that keeps him out of my top three. Okay, and, that, and that's fair. Uh, 
Jordan was a 14-time All-Star. LeBron James has been a 17-time All-Star. Um, that, you know, I don't want to say that that makes him immediately better. One of the biggest Le- knocks on LeBron James that people will use to prop up Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan was six for six in the NBA championships. And LeBron James is four and six. So LeBron James has lost as many NBA championships as Michael Jordan won. You know, he's lost six of them and he has lost more than he has won, which I understand that can absolutely be a knock on a player. But the fact of the matter is, if LeBron James's legacy would be greater in the eyes of people, if his teams had not reached the NBA finals, if they had petered out in the conference championships and he was four for four, and they didn't have that talk, that talking point of him losing. That is a weak talking point to be the best team in your conference that he has been 10 times. Whereas Jordan was only the best team in his conference six times. That's an invalid talking point or thing to knock LeBron on. Okay. You don't, but I've had this discussion with folks. um, And the biggest thing for me that knocks him out of my three is he's not the clutch guy. He's not that guy that wins your championship. I mean, please prove me wrong because I try not to watch him. Um, but I, I just don't remember him being that guy that had 39 points or he didn't have the flu and come destroy the Jazz. Or LeBron is an amazing player, an amazing – yeah, I got no issues with him. But is he the guy you want with the ball in the hand that's going to take the shot? You definitely want him with the ball in his hand. <laughs> you definitely want that. But I don't know. I have seen him win the games, you know, I, yeah. uh, you know backing somebody down, that kind of thing. And so if there was one guy I wanted to take a shot, it still wouldn't be Michael Jordan. It mm. would be Larry Bird. Mm. That guy was clutch as clutch could be. Mm. And, you know, and Jordan's even talked about that, how he's missed more potentially game-winning shots than he's made. Sure. But those misses aren't on your Sports Center top ten. You know, nobody's showing that. Here's Michael Jordan. Let's show this 44 times in the next hour and a half of him, you know, hitting the rim and the ball not going in. And this is why the Bulls lose a game. It's a really weird thing how time changes, you know, time changes perception. When MJ was was uh, dominating, a lot of people hated him, you know, because of the Jordan rules. And he gets to carry the ball and he gets to – offensive foul and he goes anywhere near the rim it's a foul on the that kind of thing right yeah um i just and bird bird was a very good player and considered one of the top players in the league when he was in the league as time goes on they make him better and better agreed you know popular yeah i've always thought he was amazing but like the popular opinion now is there's all those videos on youtube about how how bird trash talks sure and, yeah. the th- and the thing is, you know, so growing up uh, in California, like Larry Bird was a hated, hated man. I'm sure. Uh, because Lakers and Celtics, you know, I mean, these two were just, you know, rivals uh, because at the time, nobody cared about the Kings. Nobody cared about the Warriors and nobody cared about the Clippers. Uh, nope. <laughs> I mean, the Lakers were California's team. That's just the way the way that it is, the way that it was. Um, but I mean, I would even say that like you mentioned the popularity of bird, I think that has improved the general 
persona of him has mm-hmm. improved in the public's eye as time has gone by. Um, yeah. And, and, I, I was always trying to think of, uh, anyway, I, we, we've, <laughs> you give me talking about bird and I'll never stop talking. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah. I got nothing against LeBron James. I just, there's just something, right. There's something that makes me not, maybe it's because I'm a Jordan guy. Um, but to me, hmm. yeah. <laughs> You know, and again, you know, this is a discussion that I absolutely love having. And I've had people be like, you know, remember it was it was be like Mike. Nobody's saying be like LeBron. It's like, okay, if you're saying be like Mike and you didn't say this, but I've heard it said. It's like all you did was buy an advertising slogan and you're repeating it 30 years later. It's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was a great advertising campaign, but it was that and advertising at its core is propaganda. You no. bought into people bought into the propaganda and they're still spewing it years and years later. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I guess people wanted to be like Mike. I mean, I knew I'd never had the athleticism. <laughs> I might be like bird if I shot enough. Yeah. Well, and I was six foot seven. <laughs> yeah. Considering, you know, I capped out at five, 10 and a half. If I had, you know, been another foot taller, I might've, might've had some opportunities there. Uh, but no. I went to Europe and played. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they can shoot the three out there. I can barely make oh, a yeah. layup. Uh, interested, excuse me. I'm interested in, to uh, hear what people that are listening to the podcast. We got about 75 views with the, yeah. that Casey. I, I was very happy to see that that people are taking a look at it. Yeah, but, absolutely. You know, if if you're listening to this, you're watching this. Um, jump on the YouTube channel there and tell us who your top three are. Um, don't say LeBron. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> And then, you know, quickly give your reason why, maybe in one sentence, or you can just give the top three. That's cool. That'd be nice to interact like that. Or write five paragraphs. I mean, I would say <laughs> if you, if you got something to say, let it all out. If you want to come on a future episode of the podcast where we can just revisit this, you know, then I'd be happy to hook that up to get some people on and they can tell us why we are wrong. My wife does it all the time. So I'm used to it by now. All right, so let's just talk a little bit about current events, anything that you want to pass down. Uh, Right now, we are dealing with some issues uh, with disagreements in Washington, D.C. over the debt ceiling. And I know that there are some concerns about continued pay from the government, uh, who ultimately responsible for cutting almost everyone in the company's checks. So I was wondering uh, if you could maybe touch on that a little bit for us, John. Sure. I'd say definitely don't panic. Um, Talk to your program manager, um, email me, call me, um, you know, keep your eye on the news. There's no reason uh, to think that I was going to be sarcastic there. You know that those politicians are going to get it done. Um, we all are hoping and praying that they can come to some kind of agreement. It's people's lives, um, namely our 144 people that we have in the intellect group. Uh, they need to get their stuff together and and figure out the debt ceiling. But in the interim, everything's fine. If there's something that we need to let you know about pay and I find something out from the government or the president finds out something from the government, well, you guys will be you'll know very shortly thereafter we'll make an announcement or the president will put out some kind of release 
but I definitely don't expect that to happen. Um, uh, but you know, it's a, it's a tough time right now for everybody. So, uh, but yeah, I, let's don't panic until we have something to panic, panic about. <clears throat> oh, I definitely agree with this, uh, you know, with you on that, you know, these are just without picking a side, it is just partisan politics that are being played on both sides uh, to appeal to the base within their party and within their populace. And both sides, I think, realize that this kind of standoff, the longer it goes, the worse it is for both parties. So they have a vested interest in coming to a mutually acceptable agreement with some concessions that are going to have to go both ways, but getting the job done and Hopefully we will have business as normal. All right. Well, since we know that eventually that deal is going to get done, speaking of done, I'm about done with this podcast, John. So before we cut this off, I just wanted to see if there was any parting shots that you wanted to give out to the, the tens and tens of listeners around the world. And once we get over a hundred, we can say hundreds. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, we didn't talk about, I, I got to come out to off it. Yes. You guys come out to Bellevue, Nebraska and see the team, see my boy Josh. Um, it was a lot of fun. The team, what was that look for? My boy is like a term of endearment, you know. So, but um, it was a lot of fun and um, <clears throat> got to talk to the prime contractor. Man, I, I had a blast. Thanks for your hospitality from you and you, Travis, and the whole team. But um, yeah, uh, be safe, everyone, this weekend, please. <laughs> Uh, enjoy yourself as much as you can on Remembrance Day. I hope I hope things uh, go well for you, Josh. Uh, I'll, I'll let you know what I did. If you inspired me fully to go to the cemetery, um, we're going to go now. I've decided, but um, yeah, be safe, everyone. Talk to you next time. All right. So thank you for those words, John, and I wish you a peaceful, wonderful. I don't know if happy is the right word, but Memorial Day. And we will see you next time. So to everyone at home, thanks for listening in. My name is Josh. I've been joined by JT. And this has been the Intellectual Conversations podcast brought to you by the Intellect Group. The Intellect Group, where the K stands for raise the damn debt ceiling. <laughs> you got to use that. <laughs> I will. You got to use that.